Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 274. Well, I mean, we had two title fights. Now we got one and a half title fights to talk about. <laughs> Charles Oliveira, he is no longer the UFC lightweight champion. He will be trying to keep Justin Gaethje from becoming the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. In their fight, Oliveira misses weight. We'll talk about more, more about that in a second. The co-main event, the other title fight, Rose Namajunas and Carla Esparza 2, which I think is important to talk about when we get there. I'm your host of of the show. I am the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, is Chris Olson. You can find him on Twitter, at RealChrisOlson. And Joe Sunsu is not with us. He is in Vegas for the Canelo Alvarez fight. I cannot say I'm, I'm not jealous of that. But more than capable replacement that we've had on the show before. Welcome to our guy, Uncle Wheezy, who you can find on Twitter at Uncle Wheezy MMA. Guys, what's going on? I um, I hope everybody's heard or saw my long protracted sigh when uh, Sean was talking about the missed weight. I, I, I'm going to – I have a hashtag now on Twitter, which is uh, – which is abolish championship weight. I don't like this. I don't like the fact that we can get title fights taken away. You fight as a contender. You fight 99% of your of your bouts in the division at a pound over allowance. And now for one fight or whenever you become champion, you need that uh, pound in. I, I don't like it. I, um, you know, and well, I guess you could say, from under this rule set, you could say, uh, thanks, Justin Gaethje, for taking the fight because, you know, that that 0.5 pounds, I mean, we need a fair fight, right? Guy taking his life in his hand. Come on. You you signed the, con- you signed the contract at 55, hit the weight. Otherwise, lightweight is 56. Look, I get it. It's a pound. Is it – are we splitting hairs? Yes. But this is what we agree – this is what he agreed to. And this is what the rules. And you know what's real messed up? Yeah, Charles Oliveira has had weight issues before and featherweight. And featherweight. Yeah. What are we? What are you doing? What's what's happening? I just I just want some consistency. Either either make everybody throw championship weight, which they would never do because you'd never have fights on weight, or make everybody the pound over. Just give me consistency, and then you that's, know what? we'll have more. We'll have more fights going off, and everybody would, like I. I can't imagine any anybody is happy about this development. And 
from what I understand on Twitter, the UFC is basically uh, judge and jury of these things. So, you know, fudge the rules a little bit. I don't know. You know not no, I, th- I, I think the commission's got a little bit to do with it. The last thing is I'll mention, that I'll mention in this is that I like John Anik. I was saying before we started, I like John Anik's take and tweet the most. I love John Anik. I, I am a John Anik mark. Um, but why are we all not using digital scales? I don't know what, what was 2022. We have the technology, just getting the scale, read the number and we don't need this thing going on. So anyway, me me and Chris have been arguing as normal. We got to get to our guests who I am excited to have back because I do, I have caught and I know the first time you were on Uncle Weezy, I admitted to you, I never watched the show because I, I try and purposely tune everybody else's opinion out because I want to have my own. And sometimes I'm not done till till Friday. I have caught MMA by uh, the um, numbers, and being a math nerd, I appreciate the uh, the show. So I'm excited to have you back um, now, knowing more about your style and show. So welcome, and thanks for filling in for Joe, who's off. He's probably loaded right now. Oh, I'm sure he is, and why wouldn't he be? I mean, being out in Vegas watching some fights, uh, he's got to be having a good time. I know the man works hard, so he should enjoy his vacation, and he should get shit faced. I mean, why not? But uh, I'm I'm ready to talk about all 15 of these fights. I'm really I'm really fired up for this card. It's really unfortunate what happened at the top of it, but it shouldn't take all the shine off of the the amazing fights that we've got from number one to number 14 here. And at least Carla and Rose both made weight. And um, somebody was saying on Twitter, and I think that this could be really interesting. And it's something we're gonna have to be prepared for tomorrow as DFS players is. What if Charlie Oliveira just decides, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit sick, but maybe I could come back and defend my title next week or the week after, you know, because sometimes fighters have to pull out less than 24 hours before a fight, like with some sickness. I mean, Alira Latifi just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it happens every other card. If if Chuck Olives is going to be playing chess while everyone's playing checkers, I've, I would come up with some diarrhea tonight. Yeah, he's... Man, he's catching enough shit from fighters and people, though. I, that's a calculated risk. That is yeah. a calculated risk. I mean, I get it. But, you know, I, but, hey, but, get, but check it out. Like, Chris was just talking about the rules, right? Everybody else gets to weigh in at 146. You know, I, I you know, I got to weigh in at 145. I know this is a 55. And, but, you know, it, the rules also say if I get sick before the night before a fight that I can maybe reschedule it a week or two down the road. And it's then true. he would still be champion. Yeah. Just do what Chase Sherman did and bang your toe. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that what Chase did? That that was another. I one. don't know. That don't that know that was Joe's comment. Was they didn't elaborate, but anyway. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm fired up to to break down this card. It's a really good one. Absolutely. And we got a lot to talk. We got 15 fights, and I got I got some. I already have some zingers in here because there 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 are some very make funnable characters on this card. And I, I per- personally, I can't wait. Before we dig into the card, I have to remind everybody to go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. And I would argue even more importantly, sorry, Rotowire, I love you guys, but more importantly, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and, and YouTube, especially if you're here. Guys in chat, welcome. Fire anything away you want to have us talk about. I don't know how far off the rails we'll go. I, I really shouldn't say that, but there are 15 fights where we should try and stay focused a little, unless we're having a good time, and then I'll go grab a beer. That being said, let's let's kick it off with a name that I have to check and make sure I'm right every time I look at it. It is Fernie 
Garcia at 8,600. Take it on Journey Newsom at 7,600. Line on this fight as of right now. Uh, line's actually closed a little bit. You got a little bit of DraftKings odds on Newsom early. He's only plus 115. Uh, Garcia is minus 135. I'm looking across other books. There's Newsom's as close as plus 105, depending on the book you are looking at. You know what? Let's start with the guest, Uncle Weezy. What do you have on our curtain jerker of a massive 15 fight card? You know, it's an interesting fight from a DFS perspective because this guy Garcia, when you watch the regional scene footage on him, he wrestles a lot. And as we know, you know, if you're playing DraftKings, you love wrestlers, especially if they're not particularly great at holding their guys down but can get them back to the mat. Um, he might be a really sneaky play because this is, you know, he's only won a contender series fight here. Um, not a lot of people know who he is. It's a 15-fight card that's very uh, top-heavy with a lot of names that people recognize. So, um, And then Jeremy Newsom's very explosive. I mean, the guy's got serious knockout power, crazy kicks, big power in his hands, and some really good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think that this fight is pretty uh, decent odds, actually, to finish inside the distance. They're both um, pretty good at what they do, but Fernie Garcia, at least, is probably the more likely one to win by decision. And he's never been finished, though. And and Newsom's definitely got some power. He's got some really good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I think it's an interesting fight if you're looking to get different to own both sides of, man. And, and Garcia, in particular, really good wrestler. And Journey Newsom, uh, 0 for 3 on stopping takedowns thus far in the UFC. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I, uh, I agree with Weezy here. I think that... Um, Journey Newsom, it's it's tough for me for me to pick him until he he, he sort of rounds out his, his game on the feet. Um, the 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 jujitsu is all well and good. Uh, we have another fight like this coming up, and I'll say here that um, you know I I, I un, unless it's a really specific circumstance, I don't look to pick fighters to win fights off of their back. I think it's just too slim a margin most of the time. I think that's the case here. Um, you know. I think the wrestling is going to play here, as we said, uh, only only three attempts, but they were all uh, successful. So uh, make of that what you will. And you know, the only real win, which which I think has been overturned at this point. Speaking of uh, overturned things and rules, which was the knockout of uh, Domingo Parlarte, which was uh, he was always a real defensive liability. Uh, I don't get that sense here. So um, yeah, I, I think this could be one of those. Uh, where you're going to, I mean, 15 fights, but you're going to want to take a look at this one because uh, wrestling plays, and if you have a fighter who can't stop the takedown, um, the, the takedowns, the strikes, the control time, it all adds up. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking uh, Fer Fergie? What is uh, Fernie. 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 For the Fernie. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with the guys for the most part. I do think Fernie wins the fight. The problem here for me is that, and there have been a lot of early fighters on optimal lineups as of late. It has, we've had some big scores early and you're looking like I have 10%. Oh shit. Um, and that could happen to me here. I, I've been luckily I've had a good, good, good couple of weeks loading up early. I'm going to be underweight on Fernie and it's not so much because I don't think he wins. I obviously do do my problem. And I'll just, you know, the, People right around him. I got Tracy Cortez, Tracy Cortez, Charles Oliveira, Blagoy Ivanov. One of those may surprise you that I'm high on, but I think I'm going to be over on all three of them. And just there's only so much you can do, so I'll probably be under on Fernie Garcia. I do think he wins though. 
Uh, next fight up, we have Lupi Godinez, 9,000, taking on Ariane Carnalosi, who is ripped with no cardio. It's like me if I put on one of those T-shirts with muscles on them. Uh, she's at 7,200. Line on this fight, uh, Lupi is minus 170. Carnalosi is – everything just broke on me. What in the world? Plus 150 in that range while I fix best fight odds and hit refresh. While I do that, Chris, who do you have in this fight? Yeah, uh, well, speaking of wrestlers, uh, you're going to want uh, Lupe for this one. She's she's the, the kind of grappler you really want. She's aggressive. She, um, I, 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 I put it in, in my review, but something like a 42 uh, takedown attempt she shot in her, in her time uh, in the Octagon. I think that's across four or five fights. So, I mean, it's, it's just going to be relentless. Carnalosi, um, as uh, you said, Sean, she's uh, jacked up. She um, wants to plant her feet and throw hammers, and, and that's going to be a godsend for somebody who wants to be in on your hips. Uh, she played the wrestler against Estela Nunes out of necessity, uh, really, but I think uh, Godinez is going to be the one taking control of things here. I don't think Carnalosi is going to be able to stop it. I think this can really be a nice rinse and repeat uh, with some nice uh, ground strikes there. And I like Lupe uh, Godinez a whole lot. So she's going to be a strong pick for me in this one. I'll insert real quick here. I'm also Godinez. I think she wrestles. It is a matter of risk reward and, and salary when you're picking a big a big favorite. But I do think she wins the fight. Uncle Weezy? Yeah, I'm I'm on Godinez to win the fight here, but I, I think it's going to be a banger, and I actually think it's going to be pretty close. Uh, Carnalosi's uh, the conditioning on Carnalosi for somebody that's as yoked as she is is really good. I, I was very surprised um, how well she fought in the third round against Angie Hill. Um, how well she came out looking in the second round uh, against Naliang, which was a crazy pace first round and she came out and Leong was already completely dead and Carnalosi was just getting started. Um, I, I, I am impressed with Carnalosi's stand-up. She just walks forward. She has the perfect style of striking for the build and, and the skill set that she has. So um, I like a lot of things about Carnalosi here, but Godinez's wrestling is really good and Carnalosi has uh, it's only successfully defended one of four takedowns in three fights. So I think Cadenas can go to the wrestling quite a bit, rack up quite a few points. And I think she's a good way to get different. If you're spending up, uh, I think she can even in a decision win score about a hundred points. If she continues to wrestle and get a lot of takedowns. All right. Next fight up. Cleetson Rodriguez, 9,400 take it on CJ Vergara, who is at 6,800. Line in this fight is wide as you'd expect. expect. Minus 320 for Cleetson, plus 250 for Vergara. I can't expand anything to go fight into the distance on best fight odds without having a problem. Um, but this fight, like I thought, it is minus 140 in that range, does not go to decision. This is, I think, the sleeper fight I'm interested in getting exposure to both sides of. I'm taking Cleetson for the win. Um, Uncle Weezy, who you have? You know, both of these guys are pretty high output strikers just in the limited um, sample size that we've seen thus far in the UFC. Everything that Gleitson does, uh, it just kind of jumps off the screen when you watch him. He's really good. He's really young. He looks like he's going to get a lot better. Um, and people really haven't seen him yet. So I don't know how highly owned he's going to be at the price that he's at. Vergara 
I think is lacking in a little bit of his skill set here in order to be able to handle somebody like Clayton, who's as well-rounded and polished as he is at this age. I think Clayton should probably cruise here, but I don't think he's finishing CJ. CJ's really tough, and I think that CJ's not a bad punt option at the salary that he's at, and Clayton could be a good way to get different in DFS, and I think he's got some upside here, um, but we haven't seen him wrestle much, so I don't know uh, – you know, how high the ceiling would be in a uh, decision win. Chris, you got? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that um, I'm not going to have a lot of cleats in here, although I do think he wins. Uh, he's he's extremely explosive um, and he's fun to watch. But Vergara is, he, he surprised me defensively. He's good about not going back in straight lines. He'll always cut that corner and find his way back to the center of the cage. So I, I like him defensively. I, I think that um, – and never been knocked out, if, if memory serves. So that, um, that, that's something, too. I think uh, Cleetson, he will wrestle, but most of his wrestling I, I saw in the regional scene was more like trips that he would hit when other fighters would try to wrestle him and try to, you know, stop whatever onslaught was, was coming back. So um, I do think – I think this could be like a like – a, a three three rounds of a of a decisive uh, win for Cleeton. Maybe he hurts uh, Stings uh, Vigar a couple times. I don't see the finish coming though. And ninety four hundred with fifteen fights, it's just it's too much for me. I'm, I might I might take uh, a couple of passing shots at, at Vergara just because. But um, I mean, I do think he's again uh, decently defensively responsible and uh, a pretty solid kickboxer in his own right. Not nearly as athletic or explosive as somebody like Cleetson, but uh, yeah, Cleetson just too expensive for me. I, I'm I'm going to be on the low own train. All right, next fight up: Tracy Cortez, 8700, taking on Melissa Gatto at 7500. A line on this fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Tracy Cortez minus 140. It is close. It's odd value on Gatva plus 120. Um, I still like Cortez. I like the wrestling here quite a bit. I think this is that rinse and repeat potential spot for me. Um, I like Cortez, though, in this fight. I'm actually considering betting. Well, I said rinse and repeat. Part of me thinks she's going to get a sub here. I, I Call it a gut feeling. Maybe I've been looking at her Twitter and Instagram way too long, but I like Tracy Cortez here to potentially get a finish. Uh, Chris, you're up first for this one. Awesome. Who said Joe wasn't here this week? Uh, I, I got to channel him in spirit. I know. I know. I know. Um, but I, I, I agree with I – mean, uh, It's a solid know. Instagram page. Uh, yeah. No, I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, but I, I do think uh, – I agree that Cortez is the play here. Um, as I alluded to earlier, I don't like picking fights where the path to victory is a sub off the back. Um, having said that, Gato has a really, really active guard. Uh, we saw we saw that in uh, her 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 not 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 the Sajara fight, but uh, the one before the Sajara fight, uh, whose opponent's name I'm blanking on. But uh, Leonardo, Leonardo, a very active guard in that fight. But, um, you know, the other thing about that, it's a double-edged sword because the, um, the, the fighters who are really active off their back, that means they're, they're, com they're comfortable staying there and trying to get the sub. And that means more potential for control time, more potential for ground strikes, more uh, potential to stay on bottom. And but, but does that really matter as long as you look over and see Sal Diamato? 
scribbling notes. Does it really matter? It, it, matter. it, it might not. Uh, Just one. Yeah, that guy. I, 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 um, I, I don't know what to think about any of the of the judges uh, at any point in time, but uh, I, I, I do think that um, there's a little bit of of, of fights we could look to. Uh, Cortez did fight Agapova in the Contender Series. She uh, successfully fended off a Darce choke. Uh, didn't really didn't look panicked uh, in top position. That was never really in danger. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying that you know she's just going to get those rinse and repeat takedowns. Uh, Gato has been getting better on the feet with her one twos and uh, you know when she can keep the range. But I just don't think it matters here. I, I think Cortez is going to put up a big score. Uncle Weezy, who you got? Uh, I got Cortez here. I'm very impressed by Gato. I, you know, she's she's her striking has improved by leaps and bounds since after that three year break that she took. Uh, the, the striking looked completely different in the Leonardo fight than it had the pre Leonardo fight. Um, and she's got great conditioning, and she's got a very aggressive guard. She's very aggressive with her Brazilian jiu jitsu from her back. But that being said. Tracy Cortez is the one who's going to decide where this fight takes place. If she wants it on the feet, it's going to stay there. If she wants it on the ground, it's going to stay there. And if she wants it on the cage, I think that's where it's going to take place. You know, so I'm, I'm right now, I'm kind of thinking that with Tracy Cortez and her first, in her three UFC fights, not including the Agapova um, uh, fight, which was uh, another decision win on the contender series, She's controlling her opponents about 58% of the time uh, that she's in the cage. And she's in control time positions about 63% of the time, which means she's controlling 90 to 92% of the control time positions. This is against, uh, you know, a judo medalist in Edgar. This is against like a 160-pound woman in Vanessa Mello who never made weight once in her life. This is against Justine Keish and Maria Agapova. <laughs> On the regional scene, she beat Aaron Blanchfield. She was in a, she was in a deep armbar for about four minutes. Never panicked. Never even came close to tapping there. And Aaron Blanchfield is at least as good as Melissa Gatto, if not way better than her. So um, Aaron Blanchfield, I think, is potential top three title challenger. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, Cold blooded Blanchfield is the real deal, and yep. Cortez beat her. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, to bet me some more Blanchfield. Me too. So I'm total gonna be on side her track. too, man. She's so good. Total sidetrack. Uh, yeah. So I think we're all we're all pretty much in agreement there. Let's move on to the next fight and let's let's see if we're in agreement here. And I only say that. Let me introduce the fight first. Uh, we have um, Andre Fialho, ninety five hundred, taking on Cameron Van Camp at sixty seven hundred. Fialho minus four twenty five. Van Camp plus three twenty five. Um, the reason I say that I say I say this, and um, Chris, you said earlier, man, ninety four hundred is a lot to pay. Ninety five hundred is even more to pay. And guess what? This is the guy I'm doing it on. This is the this is my big pay up spot. Um, in terms of, I'm going to spread it out a little bit. Um, but Fialho, I think is I think everyone's going to go right to Chandler and 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 Roy Val and, and OSP. And I just I think Fialho's going to. I think he's going to be under-owned for these odds, and he's got a potential to put up a big score. Weezy's back, so Chris, I just kind of teased you. Weezy's going to yeah, gonna, no, you know gonna keep I, the order. I might, I might, I don't know if this can be an official hot take, but I, what I'll say is this is, I think, our best shot at a quick win bonus 
on this card. I think there's a God. If you're on the same side as me, you're drinking I, all I my think, money. My, well, my, my, I, well, I hope you don't think I think uh, Van Camp is going to get one. So I think uh, no. Well, who knows with you? Uh, you, could, you could be Van Camp by Flying Triangle in 20 seconds. Um, Not your mind. Well, uh, Van Camp is an aggressive wrestler, but unlike somebody like Vergara, he has no defense uh, to speak of. And, uh, you know, Fialo is just way too pinpoint, way too powerful uh, for a guy like that to survive. If he can even get him down uh, to begin with, I, I think that um, – you know, we, we saw we saw a lot. I think we saw a better Fialo in his last fight. I think that fight against Pereira, Pereira had a bad first round and just and just came out and said, you know what, I can just be a better athlete than this guy and win. And that's what happened. I think in in the in the last fight against Baeza, who's also a, a good athlete, I think we we saw a little bit more from Fialo in terms of, of footwork, in terms of head movement. I mean, he was really. Uh, he was way more plotting in the fight with Fialo. I, I really think um, uh, uh, he's still improving, and uh, that's always good to see. But I, I don't think he'll he'll need that much more than he has yeah, here. You, you spent you spent way too much time in this fight in a yeah, yeah, fight card. Holy God! For the uh, for the um, UFC, so I am going with Fialo. Yes, two questions, Weezy. Are you you're not going some crazy hot take, are you? And, no. and I'm assuming you're not. Are are you spending the money on on Fialho? So I'm not quite sure about that, but like I am, I have been very impressed with Fialho, even in the loss to Pereira. Um, you know, because I what I saw from the regional scene footage was a guy who didn't have great conditioning, a guy who had about one round of conditioning, as a matter of fact. But boy. He showed a lot of heart in that Pereira fight. And then I love that he just he walks forward. And somebody that fights his style should be walking forward. Um, it's a big cage. Maybe Cam can run for a while. Maybe Cam can find a takedown and get to his back. But you got to think that Fialio is going to find that chin. The dude hits like a truck. So I wouldn't mind being on either side here. I kind of feel like it's that kind of fight where if you're not going to pay up for Fialio, Maybe punt with Van Camp and hope for the, the grappling upside, or you can punt with someone else around that range and then get some of the other fighters that are up above 8,500. All right, let's break it. Let's go to the next fight and break down Blagoy Ivanov at 8,400. Take on Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Uh, Ivanov is a minus 135 favorite. Lima is plus 115. And, guys, the UFC has done it. They found somebody. They found somebody that I'm actually picking Lagoy even off against. And they did it to the extent that I think Lagoy is going to finish him. I was telling somebody in one of my discords I'm in, I don't think Rogier de Lima can jog in place for 15 minutes, much less fight for 15 minutes. So, I, I, I know, I mean – it's the easy joke, but it has to be said. Even us been stabbed and keeps going. Like what? what like he's he's not going to stop. And I, I there was one fight. What was the Blagoy versus the the Tui Vasa fight? Yeah, I ate a bunch of shit on that one. Bunch of shit on that one. So I know he's coming off two losses, but I mean Derek Lewis, Augusto Sakai, th those are fine. And look, unless he's shot, unless you know he hits that. Spot. Sometimes fighters just go. Um, I don't see how he doesn't win this fight. Unless it being heavyweights and Lima closes his eyes and happens to hit an overhand right. That, that's all I see happening. Um, I like Lagoy quite a bit. He's 8,400. He's not super expensive. To me, he's the play. Weezy, who you got? 
Um, I've got Ivanov. Um, I think Dilema is extremely dangerous. You know, it scares me to pick Ivanov because this guy Dilema can come out there and just wreck you in 60 seconds. He's that kind of fighter. And I, I kind of feel like you have to own both sides of this fight because the only way Dilema can make it three rounds is if he's easily taking you down and then remaining the rest of the round on top of you and just kind of throwing a little bit of ground and pound. If like the Maurice has, Green fight where he had yeah. 166 strikes, 14 of which were were significant, and Maurice Green was – that was the definition of two big, fat, exhausted, sweaty guys. Yes. On he, did it, he did it to Adam Wazurik. Sure, too. Yeah, he did it to Oh, that's right. Too. I forgot about Wazurik. Same exact fight. But if he can't take you down, you know, that fight is not going the distance. He's either going to punt your head into the upper deck in the first 60 seconds or he's going to quit. Well, here's the thing. Augusto Sakai couldn't stop Ivanov. Derek the Black Beast Lewis couldn't stop Ivanov. And even Derek Lewis said after the fight, I don't know what this dude is made of, but I hit him with the best shots that I have, and he just looked at me. Tai Tuivasa, who's killing everybody right now, couldn't finish him. Ben Rothwell couldn't finish him. And Junior Dos Santos couldn't finish him in five rounds. Three men with knives outside of a Bulgarian nightclub, stabbed him 15 times. One time he was stabbed in the heart. The the doctors who saved his life said that it was a 1% chance that he would have lived through that. Those men couldn't kill Bligoy Ivanov. So fight doesn't go to decision is an absolute must bet on this particular fight, in my opinion. It's better than minus 200 because of that style that Dilema brings. So either Delima round one or Ivanov late round one or round two. But I like Ivanov. I'm picking Ivanov. Chris. Uh, we- Weezy is, is, is very persuasive, but uh, I think I, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll be the only one picking Delima. I'll, I'll stay with it. I think, um, you know, I, I just, when I see a, 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 a guy that quick at heavyweight, it always makes me, want to pick him especially if like the lima is the perfect heavyweight because he retained all of his speed from light heavyweight and he's got the heavyweight power that but he doesn't have cardio he's quick for 90 seconds i understand i understand but i i think well i mean that's why i picked him against rockwell because i thought he's just going to be so much faster and the first shot he hit him with i mean he was able to end the fight now i i don't i mean Lagoy takes that shot. He grabs it. He makes a sandwich out of it. <laughs> just oh, and keeps going. And 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 that and that's why I was really second guessing because it's like yeah, literally nobody has even hurt the guy. So and I has mean, he ever been stopped? Does anybody know? Has he ever been stopped in an MMA fight? He's been stopped he's, once by submission. This guy is yeah. this guy's in Gano's training partner simply because he can't be broken. He's yeah. the only guy Dear who can Lord. actually. I didn't know that Gano and not die. The other, I the didn't other know thing, that. Yeah. The other thing is, we've seen Delima absolutely melt on bottom before, like literally, like he just stops fighting. It happened against OSP. OSP. It happened against uh, Stefan Struve after he had that great first round where he knocked him down, and then and then he just took him down, and, and the fight was over. It was so, weird. Um, he like it just was just like fuck it. Yeah, he just like, oh, well. I he looked like it's a, you know I I can equate it to somebody else in this card, and I still love talking shit about the guy. It, it reminded me of Oliveira under Paul Felder. Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. The, the linear the linear lightweight champion. 
Well, that, so, well, that it always, that always, just a quick uh, sidebar, that always bothered me because Oliveira tapped and Felder said that he felt it, and then he still rained down elbows on him until he was unconscious. So that no, you have, you have to do that shit. No, he, anyway. can, he, can, he can tell the ref, hey, the guy tapped, and then he can see what you we go from there. Anyway, anyway, um, I, I'm still going to pick the Lima just because, God, he's going to be so much faster. He's going to yeah, be he so is. much faster. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that information. My brain is just like and, – and then it's not – and then if he offensively grapples, like if he's the first one to get there and get the takedown, he can he's going to have his way on top. I don't see – uh, even off sweeping him or something like that. If even off gets on top first, it's going to be trouble. I, 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 I upon reflection, I, I don't like this fight very much anymore, but I, I'm going to stay with my initial prediction because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about jumping on grenades this week, especially as we get to the main card, as you'll see. Um, but, jumping uh, on grenades. What are we in college? Is my turn at the bar? Let's but, go. That's my job. But, uh, no, I, 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 I used to jump on uh, Irish car bombs, but that's it. No, you don't get. You know, we'll talk after the show. I'll explain that reference to you. Okay, uh, <laughs> fair enough. But, um, but yeah. So I, I mean, I, I this could go really horrible for me uh, in a lot of different ways. But uh, yeah, I'm still picking the lead. Brandon Royval, ninety three hundred, taking on Matt Schnell at sixty nine hundred. Uh, Roy Val is minus 265. Schnell is plus 215. I don't know how Matt Schnell has all of a sudden seemingly um, developed a chin. I know he was finished by Pantoja, but I mean, not, not five years ago, I would have told you Augusta Wynn would knock the guy out. And here he is. He's rattled off, you know, I think it's, it's five and two in his, in his last seven fights. And his losses are to guys who are, I would argue, top five of the division easy in, in, in Bontarin and Pantoja. I'm high in Bontarin um, and Pantoja. Like, he's looking good. Takes on a young, hot prospect here in Roy Val. Please tell me these guys are just going to scramble for 15 minutes. I, I would pay a pay-per-view price to watch these guys scramble. Like, it could be a lot of fun. And problem is, I think Roy Val has a significant advantage in the feet. And if he just keeps it there and he wants to play with Schnell on the outside, I think he can win the fight that way. I think he could have some success scrambling, but why mess with it? I think he's got a clear advantage. Um, so give me Roy Val to win. And it's one of those fights. I think I'm going to be a little bit over here because there's some potential. The issue is that it could burn me in that it's up to Roy Val how he wants to play it. He could be aggressive, try to make a statement, get a finish, and he's live for it. Or he could, and I wouldn't blame him, Coast in, take his take his win, take care of business, and, and go to the next fight. I don't. It's gonna. I wish I knew his game plan a little more. And you can't just ask these guys. I'm not gonna tell you the truth. So I I do like Roy Val in this spot. Weezy, who are you on? You know, I I guess I kind of like Roy Val, but I would never pay up in terms of betting his money line. I think it's way way overpriced. Um, look, Roy Val has only attempted two takedowns thus far in the UFC. He's only attempted two. He got both of them, but it's his opponents that are initiating the wrestling. Problem is that Schnell never attempts takedowns. Schnell, I think, has six takedown attempts. He has six takedown attempts, you guys, in nine UFC fights. So he's not initiating the wrestling either. This could very easily be a slow-paced boxing match. Not slow-paced with Roy Val in it, but for DraftKings purposes, if these guys aren't wrestling, 
No way I'm paying up like 9300 for Roy Val. Matt Schnell scores 2.09 raw DraftKings points a minute. That's not good. And Roy Val is only scoring 2.85. Neither of these guys even scores three raw DraftKings points a minute. So since neither of them attempt many takedowns and both of them seem to be strikers first, I think it's going to be a fight I'm going to avoid. Chris, are you on? Yeah, I think we all agree that uh, this line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I I, I think these fighters are a little closer. I would disagree, Sean. I I wouldn't go so far as to say uh, uh, rather Roy Val is the better striker. I think think, uh, think Schnell is the better boxer. He he probably doesn't hit as quite as hard as Roy Val does. But the thing about Roy Val is he's really – his defense is not good on the feet. Um, he, he almost got knocked out by Kai Kara France um, just by sticking his chin up in the pocket before he turned uh, that fight around. Um, Kai Kara France is going to be fighting for a title soon? I mean, uh-huh. that's fine. Kai Kara France is going to be fighting for a title soon? I, I I'm actually mean, saying it happened. That's all. It just happened. But uh, but I, I think that, um, yeah, this is this is dog or pass for me. Um I, 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 like you, am extremely curious and, and will love to see what happens when these two go to the ground. Actually, um, one of one of the bets that I put out there on uh, an article this week on rotowire.com was uh, Schnell by submission is something like plus 500, 550. It's, 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 it's very bizarre. So um, especially with a guy like Roy Val who's going to scramble, who can, um, you know, can get caught, can uh, – I mean, he got caught by uh, one of the best in uh, Pantoja. There's no shame in that. But, um, you know, Brandon, Brandon Moreno without scrambling him too, no shame in that either. But it's just to say that, um, you know, Matt Schnell is tricky on the ground. We've seen him lock up those uh, two. He's got the, those two triangles uh, that he locked up really quickly and um, definitely worth a shot at least there at 500. All this is to say that, um, you know, the line is too wide. I like a lot about Schnell. And uh, quick MMA overall hot take. I don't think there's anything – I don't think there is such thing as a bad shin. I think it all depends on weight cuts and uh, what happens because we've seen too many guys come in and out of this where they feel – where they think they're they're done and and then, oh, we're not done anymore. Arlovsky, Overeem, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yes, that's all of my views in one little package. And uh, I guess – I guess my pick is Roy Val. Just because I feel like when it gets to the ground, he's liable to have that advantage. But f- for the money, uh, I'm going to go dog or pass, and and I- I'll have way more shit. Norman Dumont, 9,100. Macy Kiasen, 7,100. Line in this fight. Dumont is minus 225. Come back on uh, Macy is plus 185. Um, guys, we can give a pick here, but we have to go – really in-depth here for, for DFS. It doesn't seem like a great fight to target for me. I think Dumont wins, and it's really all I have to say about it. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think this is going to be uh, much of a, of, a, of a DFS fight either. I think, you know, it, it could turn into sort of a slow-paced kickboxing match, or there could be a lot of wall install here as either go for uh, takedowns. Uh, n- neither is really appealing. Um, if you want to take a couple of uh, chase chase on shots, I understand that. Um, I still think I still think she's a good grappler in this division. Uh, the finish by Pennington, notwithstanding. So um, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two if it does hit the ground. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not too high on Dumont here. We should say Dumont also missed weight, right? I believe that's yep. correct. Yep. And um, I, I I I'm not I'm not really. We'll get to it in the uh, main event, but you know, I'm I'm not really sure how how uh, we quantify uh, that whole thing. Like I I I'm not I'm not a person who would ever change a pick based on a weight miss. That's that's not really uh, my thing. But yeah, for this fight. Uh, I'm just gonna go just on for the price and the fact that uh, I don't I don't think uh, it's gonna move the needle very much on DFS points. Wizzy, who you got? It's Macy or pass for me for betting wise and for DFS. Uh, Norma just not really a great DFS scorer here, plain and simple. She just doesn't put up a lot of points. But you know, it's Macy. I just think is a little bit underrated. I think I feel like the bookies underrate her. I think her performances in the cage have haven't been appreciated enough. I, I think she does really good work in there, and I think this is a good matchup for her. I think betting wise, she's worth a, a money line look, and I think she's worth a good punt for um, DFS. She's not. She's you know what about what did she cost this week? Seventy one hundred, seventy two. Yep. Yeah, I mean. You know, that's not bad, you know, because she's scoring over three uh, DFS points per minute, if I'm not mistaken. Let me get the number for you guys. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it, this is a week where you're, you've got to look for salary relief. And Macy is one of the people that can bring it to you. And she's scoring just under four DraftKings points a minute, 3.89. So in a 15-minute fight where she loses a decision at that rate, she's scoring almost 60 points. So I think it's a fantastic punt for this week. I think uh, don't forget about Macy Chase on if you're looking for salary relief in DFS. Next fight up, Francisco Masaranduba, Trinaldo, 8,200, taking on Danny Roberts, Hot Chocolate. He's 8,000 line on this fight. Minus 115 for Danny Roberts, minus 105. You know, Trinaldo in the comeback. It's a pick him pretty much across the board. Really close fight. Um... You know, what's interesting is that I think Trinaldo wins a close fight, and regardless, he's the only one I want to play because I don't see Danny Roberts finishing Trinaldo, but I could see Trinaldo catching Roberts and finishing. I think Trinaldo's way more likely to, to put up 110 than Danny Roberts. That's just my take on the fight. Uh, this is an odd number fight or even number fight. Weezy, you're up first. Uh, so, you know, I kind of feel like if this fight's a pick em, that the bookies are telling you that Trinaldo's the better fighter who's fought the better brand of competition. Because, I mean, Trinaldo's 43, and that's what we know of. I mean, the, if the guy was 50, really was 50, would you be surprised? Yeah, I wouldn't be. Um, mm -hmm. So, Roberts, I feel like, and especially his wins in the UFC, Danny Roberts, the average record of a guy that Danny Roberts beats in the UFC has 1.14 UFC wins and 1.86 UFC losses. Um, Trinaldo's fought the better brand of competition. He's beaten the better brand of competition. He's lost to the better brand of competition. He's more well-rounded, even in my opinion. He's a guy who's gotten 20 takedowns in 24 fights. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm staying away from this one for DFS purposes. I'm leaning Trinaldo, but Danny Roberts, if he wants to do anything in the UFC, he has to win this fight. He has to beat the 43-year-old man to take the next step. So, you got to believe that if there's one guy who probably wants this more, it's Roberts. But for me, I'm just staying away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When you're old, you still get hungry. I mean, the early bird special. 
It's true. It's true. <laughs> Chris, he moved down to Florida, man. He fit right in. I have to say, I, as somebody who uh, started in DFS with baseball and advanced stats, I am loving the MMA advanced stats from uh, Wheezy here. That that's I, I I love all this stuff. Uh, you know, another another way to look at it, and then definitely some edge there, as I'm sure most people aren't looking at that. So. Definitely, if you haven't checked out uh, Weezy's YouTube channel, his breakdowns, uh, definitely get on that, folks. Uh, good stuff. As far as this fight goes, um, I think I think it's a passer. I, I just, uh, they both just work too slowly for me. Um, Danny Roberts, I'm not sure what happened to him. I, I could. Chris remember. Olsen, ladies and gentlemen, hates old people. That is a <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> yes, but um, no, I, uh, I. I can remember Danny Roberts being a, a, the slick boxer who put together combinations. Now it's just like he steps in the pocket and just throws these big winging shots. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering where 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 the slick boxer went. Um, the win against Emiv is nice. I I didn't I didn't actually think he won that fight. He had a good third round. Um, I, I like his work in the clinch. I feel like that's a new wrinkle from him that we haven't really seen before. But um, yeah, these guys just work too slowly for me. Uh, we have seen uh, Robert just get blitzed with single strikes before. That has happened. Um, Amasur and Duba hits hard. So if you're looking for an angle, that might be the one. But um, as far as the work on the ground, I think Danny Roberts is a little bit better scrambler than I think uh, people would give him credit for. Remember that uh, fight against Claudio Silva where, I mean, he got subbed ultimately, but really, really um, made that fight really close on the ground. So I think there it, it might be – I don't want to say a wash because Masar Duba is the better grappler, but I think he can handle himself there. And so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be staying away from this one mostly. I know, I know everybody is uh, 44 years old. When are the wheels going to fall off? Maybe it's this time. If you want to take a shot on Roberts, uh, under that logic, I couldn't blame you. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be mostly pass for me. All right, next fight up, Chaos Williams, 8,300, taking on Randy Brown at 7,900. Chaos is, the, is he still the, he is minus 120. Comeback on Randy Brown is <clears throat> plus 100. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't, I don't really understand this line. I, I, I think Randy Brown is way better than Chaos Williams. And that... I'm not totally getting it. I think Chaos is live to the knockout. I mean, he's got the highlight reel stuff, <clears throat> but are we going, you know, based on the uh, Razak Al Hassan uh, and Morono and, you know, he beat Semmelsberger, but he was he was actually favored in that fight. And Semmelsberger, yeah, there was a pace there. Like, Baez is a good win. I, I, I will argue that he's still a little inexperienced. I think Randy Brown is probably what Miguel Baez is going to turn into. I, or there's some similarities in that he was the young athletic guy and he's kind of slowly making the improvements. That's what I see in Baeza. And, you know, Randy Brown took his losses too. Um, by the way, Randy Brown's losses are, okay, Michael Graves is bad. Let, let's, uh, he got subbed by Graves. That doesn't look good for me. But then it's Bilal Muhammad, Nico Price, Vicente Luque. And the Nico Price one, as fun as it was, that was kind of fluky. I yeah. mean, it happened. But look, and he's got solid, solid wins. And, you know, um, the last fight out against Gooden, I rate Gooden pretty well. Look, I think Brown is – I think Rude Boy is more athletic. 
I think he has more ways to win. I think he could take down Chaos Williams if he wanted to in this fight, if he's not liking the way it's going on the feet. Um, I think Chaos is kind of limited to the to the knockout here, unless he's able to use his movement really, really well. Like I would say he's the, probably the more technical striker still. My problem with that is that Randy Brown's so much more athletic in my mind, that he's going to be able to close down and get to where he wants to. Um, I think the athleticism is a big, big issue here. So I like Randy Brown. I was surprised that Randy Brown wasn't like a minus 140, minus 150 favorite when I saw it. And the only thing I come up with is everybody knows the knockouts from Chaos Williams. So that being said, you can't fade Chaos because he does have crazy freakish power and, and he could he can win you a slate, so I'm not going to fade him, but I'm going to have more Randy Brown. Uh, this fight is Chris. You're up first. Yeah, there's something about Randy Brown lately that that, that really is bothering me, and it's it's how he reacts to leg kicks. It just, it just hasn't been going well. I, I, Alex Oliveira, and then in the last fight as well, he won both of those credit to him, but it's it's just it's just really it concerns me that he like he really reacts and if you have a guy like Chaos Williams who is this explosive and he kicks your legs a little bit and you can't move quite as well, uh, you know you might be lined up for one of those big shots. Um, I do think Chaos Williams he might not be as uh, agile in the cage as Randy Brown, but I, I do think he's plenty athletic. I, I think uh, you know I, I think he can he's got no problem getting those shots off. Uh, you know, the, the Miguel Baeza fight with Chaos Williams was funny to me because I feel like he was losing and then he just decided to say, you know what, let's just go for this. And then you that, know, that's when I, the knockout came. I'm going to add to your point here. That's not a bad you, – you not swaying me all the way. But I went to look because in my mind I didn't remember Chaos throwing a lot of leg kicks. Just doesn't – he seems like the boxer type to me is what yeah. I pictured. But I went to UFC stats and his last two fights – He's landed a combined forty nine leg kicks. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, like I did not think he worked the legs that much. That is that's a little concerning to my pick, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. He, so geez. you know, when you put it all together, I mean, Randy Brown. I mean, I, I like the grappling. I but I don't really see Randy Brown as the finisher unless this goes to the ground. Uh, then, then I think. A little bit, you have a little bit more going, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, th there's a, there's enough flags for me here that um, I'm I'm gonna flip a coin and, and say that uh, not really flip the coin, but I'll, I'll say I think Cass Williams is is more dangerous in the phase that this fight is most likely to be take place in. So I'm gonna have to stick with that, and I'm going Chaos Williams. Lazy. Yeah, I've, I've got a bet on Chaos Williams here at minus 125. I got way earlier in the week, and then the line kind of moved against me here. I like what Chaos does. I love the little leg kicks. I love the fact that he counters in combination. I love the fact that he drowns his opponents in volume. Uh, Chaos Williams throws 12.98 significant strike attempts per minute, and Chaos Williams' opponents throw 6.72. So, I've noticed that chaos will go first. And I also noticed that when he's not going first, not only is he countering hard, but he's countering in combination. You, If, if Randy Brown throws one straight right at him, he's going to come back with five hooks. Yeah. And he has got an excellent chin. You look at the guys that he's been in there with. Alex Morono, not so much, but Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Michelle Pereira, 
Matthew Selmelsberger, Miguel Baeza, those guys all have crazy power. And he's just lasting in there and taking those guys' best shots. So um, I think it's kind of a bad matchup for Randy Brown. That being said, I am a big fan of Randy Brown. He's very difficult to deal with. Six foot three, 78 inch reach. Um, great straight punches that come straight down the pipe. And if you go to the ground with this guy, because he's so long, um, he can put you in a lot of bad spots that a lot of other fighters couldn't at this weight class. So I think the line is right about where it should be. But I think chaos is going to surprise some people with his ability to be able to win minutes on the feet. And he's been able to keep the, his fights on the feet 89% of the time that he's been in the UFC cage. So uh, even though Randy Brown does uh, get takedowns at a 44% clip, he's only landed seven takedowns in 12 fights. I don't think he wins enough minutes on the ground here to win this fight. So I'm going to go with Chaos Williams. As Chaos Williams defend, he's defended. He's a 50% takedown defense. He defended one against Baeza. Semelsberger never shot. Pereira, two for Pereira two. Pereira got one. He got two, according to the UFC stats, anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, he defended one against Baeza, you're saying. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. defended one against Baeza. Yeah. Uh, nothing against Razak. And then that means Morono was. And, and if Pereira didn't get those takedowns, he loses that fight because yep. I thought Chaos won the first and the second round of that fight. I didn't even agree. I think Chaos could be 5 and 0 oh easily. Yeah. And you know what? Pereira didn't get his back with three seconds left in the second round. I think he yeah. did win that fight. I have to admit, I need to go rewatch this a little bit because the, the amount that Chaos throws to the legs is is concerning. I did not. Are, are we? Are we? Really John twist his thumb. Uh, I no, don't know. No. I'm a big Randy Brown guy, but I, I have to admit that the leg kicks are they're they are concerned. Yeah. Follow me. Follow me on Twitter for updated thoughts tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next fight up. We're finally at the main card. Almost an hour in. Holy God, it's a lot of fights. Yeah. Donald, Cer speaking of holy God, it's a lot of fights. Donald Cerrone, 8,800, taking on Joe Lozon at 7,400. Uh, line on this fight, uh, Cowboys minus 190, Lozon is plus 160. Dana White says the loser of this fight is going to ride off into the sunset. They're not. These guys are fighters. They're, they're, you may not employ them, but someone, they're, they're not either – Neither one of these guys are done fighting after they're this. They're not going to come for some They're moment. just not. Maybe. I mean, I, Cowboy likes to kick. Joe, I could see Lozon going bare knuckle. Fighting. I could see any of that any of that stuff. Anyway, you know where I could see Cerrone landing? I could see Cerrone landing at PFL. I could totally yeah. see him in PFL. Anyway, um, I think Cerrone wins. More weapons. I, I think I think the kicks here are, are going to be a factor. I don't think Lozon's going to be able to take down Cowboy. Probably his best bet. Um, little concern with the waning durability I saw from Joe Lowe. Look, when you get knocked out by Chris Gritzmacher, I, I, I have concerns, immediate and very large concerns. So I'm on Cerrone here. Weezy, who you got? Uh, yeah, I'm on Cerrone, um, but I think it's a great fight to own both sides of in DFS uh, because it's so likely to finish inside the distance, in my opinion. I think it's even more likely than what the line says. You know, um, after this fight happens, you guys, when you add up the amount of pro fights that Cerrone and Lozon will have after this fight happens, it's 99. I mean, you want to talk about shop worn. You want to talk about the chances that one of these guys – just kind of looks through the door the second things go bad. I think it's pretty high, actually. Um, I think this fight finishes inside the distance. I think it's either Lozon very early 
or or Cerrone second round. Um, own both sides. I'm picking Cerrone to win, but with very little confidence because both of these guys are frankly, you know, past their prime. Chris, who you got? So another bet that I think is, is way off the mark is uh, Joe Lozon finishing by knockout at plus 550. Um, that makes no sense uh, in the context of this matchup. But, uh, the reason I'm picking Lozon here is, is pretty simple. Joe Lozon still looks like Joe Lozon. Donald Cerrone don't look like Donald Cerrone anymore. Even when Lozon loses, he still does what Joe Lozon does, which is come forward, throw strikes, try to get in his opponent's face, and try to take them down. Donald Cerrone, he used to be a slow starter. He didn't even start in the Alex Morono fight. It was, just, <laughs> it was just him looking for the perfect shot, maybe throwing, looking for a body kick, throwing a head kick sometimes. And just getting overwhelmed, Joe Lozon could easily do that to him. And, I, you know, I think he will. I have to pick it. I think Lozon can get starched, and I don't like to do MMA math, but... When, but when you're going to. I'm, go, I'm kind of going to because I need to say, when is the last time that uh, Cerrone did anything as impressive? Jonathan Pierce is looking like maybe a potential contender in this division, and Joe Lozon destroyed him. I mean, it was, it was nasty. He had him in the half Nelson on the ground and then he was punching him in the face. I, nobody should have to go through that amount of punishment. And Joe Lozon did it. He's going to be as aggressive as ever. I think, I think Cerrone's just going to get caught in the storm here. If he doesn't, we've seen, I think it was the Stevie Ray fight where uh, Lozon just destroyed him for two rounds and got so tired that he got finished. That could happen. Um, I think, the gas tank is probably on the side of Cowboy, but I can't. I for I, another fight is similar is coming up where I have this opinion, but here also I, I just trust Lozon to fight more than I trust Cerrone. So I have to pick Joe Lozon here, and I think a knockout is uh, is pretty likely. I mean, I can't hate anything. Who know? I mean, it's fight probably does end. So while I'm on Cerrone, I can't I can't poo poo too much on Chris for that one. I want to though. Well, we we have one coming up where you probably will, so don't worry. You'll get your. Chance. I have uh, my hot take still coming. Uh, old Vince Saint Peru ninety two hundred taking on the ghost of Mauricio Shogun Hua at seven thousand. Um, line in this fight. OSP is where is it? Damn you, best fight odds. Uh, minus two fifty Hua plus two hundred. Uh, I wish there was a OSP by. Um, Von Pru choke because I I could totally totally see that happening here with some desperation shot from Shogun Hu or or something crazy and and don't say he can't be subbed in weird ways the man was guillotined by you know the greatest undefeated fighter of all time in Chael Sonnen so you know that that's some crazy like he can get crazy subbed absolutely he's a million years old look OSP if if Mauricio Shogun Hua finds a way to beat OSP like just retire. Right off in the sunset, I don't – minus 50 seems close to me. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, age is a factor. And Mauricio Shogunhua – I wish him and Trinaldo were in the same weight class because they could fight each other, and I'd watch. Um, this is bad. I, I, I like OSP, obviously, quite a bit in this one. He's my pick. He's the play. Uh, Weezy, you're up first. Yeah, you know, actually, Ovin St. Pru is only a year younger than Mauricio Shogun Hua. And he's got not in fight years. 
Uh, yeah, actually, he's got one more professional fight than Shogun Hua, and he's got two more UFC fights. So Shogun's been doing this longer, but it's actually uh, Ovin St. Pru who has more minutes in the cage, more fights, and more UFC fights. Um, these guys are both shop-worn, and Ovin St. Pru had a football career prior to being a mixed martial artist. So, look, this is – this. I'm staying away, way away from this fight. And, look, I would never – ever ever lay juice on Ovin St. Prue ever I I wouldn't do it against me I, I, I wouldn't be like nah laying one minus 150 against Wheezy nah man no thanks I'll pass okay um so I'm not touching this fight because I feel the same way you guys do about Hua but there's one thing that we can all agree on about Shogun Hua over his career when you think he's washed he shows up and when you think he's unbeatable, he looks like trash. And what do we think right now? We think he's washed. And everybody's forgetting that he's just a little bit older than Ovin St. Prue. And everyone forgets that Ovin St. Prue is kind of not good. I'm telling you guys, he's not good. You look at the numbers for this guy. He's a great wrestler who's gotten 15 takedowns in 24 UFC fights. Let me repeat that. This is a guy who fucking submits people on the ground with chokes, and he doesn't even attempt takedowns, much less get them. Um, well, he doesn't I, have to when when um, when Okami just lays under him and says, please, yeah. sir, please choke That was funny. I, I remember saying, are you kidding me, Yushin Okami? Did you actually just put yourself into the Von Flu? That was great. That was great. It was like he, and then he, then he didn't even tap. I don't even think he knew. I don't even think he watched tape. On Ovin St. Pru. I really don't. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. But I, my rant there is to tell you guys, please just stay away. For DFS purposes, I get it if you're on either, either side. Don't bet this fight, though. Mm, fair enough. I will say, actually, looking at my exposures as of right now, I have more Shogun than I have um, OSP. Yeah, I, I would agree with that just because, you know, I mean, like, he could show up. I'm telling you, he could show up. In that Paul Craig fight, everybody thought he was done. That fight was a 15-minute war that went to a draw. I, my jaw was on the ground. I was all over Paul Craig that night. I couldn't believe it. Mauricio Shogun actually showed up for a fight. I'm telling you, it happens when you least expect it. Chris, what do you got? I, uh, not to quote myself too heavily, but uh, in... <laughs> In my in my uh, review for this fight, uh, my my uh, DFS slash bet, uh, betting review, I wrote that you have to go back a long way to find an OSP win that doesn't look like an accident. <laughs> I I stand by it. I mean, I, it's not it's not even just the Von choke. Go back to Tyson Pedro where he's winning the entire fight and decides to try to take OSP down. OSP falls on top of him and then it finds an arm bar. It, it just keeps happening like that. In, in the, in the, even in the, the knockout he got against, um, oh, who was it? Menafield. Uh, Menafield. That fight was terrible until uh, until uh, the coaches must have been like, just go after him. He charged in, and OSP so long, all he had to do was stick out a fist, and it hit him in the chin, and that was the end of it. Um Look, as I was as I alluded to, this is a similar dynamic as the last one, where one guy is going to come and fight, and I can't trust the other guy to do that. I I think OSB is still going to come and try to get in his face, and I 
I, look, I always go back to the, the Ben Rothwell fight with OSP where he's got every advantage imaginable. He's way faster. He's way longer. Every time he touched him, he hurt him. Yeah. And he lost the fight because he, like, he threw like five strikes around. I, he's I, so bad. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I can't I can't put myself through that again. Uh, DFS player, I implore you not to put yourself through it. Um, this is a, a long way the way of saying, yeah, I'm picking Shogun here. And um, I fully acknowledge that OSP is powerful enough to finish Shogun. Yeah, I I just don't know if he's gonna throw punches. So, and you certainly, <laughs> as Weezy said, you certainly can't trust him to get takedowns. So, yeah. he doesn't I, need to throw a punch and just fall into a von a, a von flu. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that, that that probably is his best chance, his best path to victory. At this, right, point. let's um, let, let, let's move on. I, I'm 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 cutting you off. We're going to the next fight. I we got a Shogun, Shogun uh, pride. We, we, yeah. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, big underdog, 6,600. Michael Chandler is 9,600. Uh, line in this fight, Michael Chandler is minus 350. Ferguson's plus 270. My favorite line of the week is that Michael Chandler has more adopted kids than he has UFC wins since he adopted his, his, his second child recently. Um, and for as joking as that is, I mean, there's there's some truth there. I mean, it is the truth. If look, everyone thinking Tony Ferguson is washed. Yeah, he probably is, but Michael Chandler can be just as hurt. We've seen him hurt. We've seen him hurt bad in each of the last two fights and finish. He looked good against Oliveira. Tony Ferguson, everyone's at this, you know, the mental image of of yeah, he's on he's lost three straight, but it's Gaethje, Oliveira, and Dariush. Like again. And remember the beating he took about he took against Justin Gaethje, and he that fight got stopped in the fifth round. Darius and Oliveira did not finish Tony Ferguson. You're telling me you can trust Michael Chandler to last 15 minutes in a war and not get hurt and get finished at some point? That's a lot of confidence for 9600. Like you can really you can trust him to go all 15 minutes. And there's something about this. I'm still. That being said, Ferguson does look on, on the decline. Chandler's got the wrestling. Like, I still am picking Michael Chandler, but it is not a confident pick at all. And this smells like break the slate upset to me. It just does. Like, I, I have a really bad feeling about this one. And we're going to listen to one of those incoherent Tony Ferguson post-fight speeches. <laughs> and depending, depending on... Where my lineups are, I could be loving every minute of it, or I could be flipping this motherfucker the bird. Let's, I don't know which one. Weezy, who you got? I'm picking Chandler to win the fight, but there's no way I'm betting him at minus 400. No chance in hell. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I do have a small bet, a quarter of a unit bet on uh, Tony Ferguson to win in round three at plus 2,900. Let's I go. like that. that one hits party at Wheezy's. But, um, you know, I agree with everything the sniper just said, man. I mean, like this thing, it, it, it stinks of something bad could happen because everyone's like Ferguson's old and washed. Well, Michael Chandler's 36 years old. He's got 29 professional fights as well. He's got just 25 minutes less in the pro cage as compared to Ferguson. And look, I'll tell you one thing. Tony Ferguson is going to be the last person on earth to understand when Tony Ferguson is washed. 
You know, go ahead, go ahead, go tell Tony Ferguson that he's washed. I, I fucking dare you. That guy was born to do this, and he will be the last person to believe in himself. And I think that he believes in himself. I think he believes he can win this fight. Um, I, I think, you know, he trusts his chin still. And, you know, I think the guy's absolutely out of his mind. You know, I think I really do. I do. But he's been, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time, if not my favorite fighter of all time. He's never been um, a boring Tony Ferguson fight. And the reason that is, is because Tony Ferguson brings the fight every damn time. It's a fist fight. And and this is a fist fight. And when you're going into a fist fight, you, you would prefer to do it against someone sane. Michael Chandler is not going to have that uh, luxury on Saturday. He's going to be in there with somebody that is completely insane. And I am really looking forward to some, to maybe seeing El Kukui get the best of this guy. Um, not counting on it. I've got a very, very small bet on it. But I don't think Tony Ferguson is a bad punt because the guy's legendary durability will probably get you at least 15 minutes of action, even if it isn't a loss. Chris, who's going to give up first on Tony Ferguson? Tony Ferguson himself with the voices in his head? Uh, well, hopefully for him, the voices in his head. Uh, the guy finds no, that uh, that would be good for him. But I, um, I look, the, this is a weird fight because two or three years ago, I picked Tony Ferguson all day to win this fight. You know, stay in his face, take the shots, get him tired. You know, could definitely change. And look, it's not it's not totally out of the question that that could still happen, but it's it's way less likely. And I want to say uh, this much is that we're all talking about, well, can Chandler get hurt and can this happen on the feet? And the answer is yes, but if I'm Michael Chandler, I've saw the last two fights where Tony gave up 25 minutes of control time on the ground, and I'm just saying to myself – Hey, I'm a really good wrestler. Hey, I'm pretty good at jujitsu. I I withstood Charles Oliveira on my back. I must be pretty good. So, if I'm Michael Chandler, I am just I am just wrestling like crazy in this fight. And if Chan, I know that Chandler gets tired, but if he's having it all his own way on the ground in top position, I can't imagine that's going to get him that tired. So, I think that's the if he's smart and Look, we've seen him. We've seen him. I mean, he shot for a lot of takedowns in that Gagey fight. It might have been because he was getting hurt, um, but I do think he he will wrestle. It's not just going to be. It's not just going to be him looking for that big overhand. I don't believe so. Um, Tony really gave up those takedowns very easily. I don't know if it's because he just trusts his bottom game, or if he just doesn't have the the uh, acumen to keep himself up, but. I think this could be this could be a, a sneaky uh, bigger score if, uh, say, we get some takedowns. And the thing the thing about it is, uh, you can't sub the guy. I mean, Darius almost broke his ankle. Uh, Oliver almost broke his arm, and he just doesn't tap. So he's crazy. He's crazy. He, he, is, he has no concern for his own safety. Yeah, none. No. He's he's oh. out of his mind for sure. But um, you know what? You know what? If I was in mainstream media, would get me canceled. My immediate thought was: there's no no thought for his own body or that of his loved ones. All right, let's go to the next. Let's oh my see. god! All right, yeah. <laughs> go. I could I could not help myself. That's a good segue to 
the co by the way, Chris, have, have you have we got to the thing that um we're all gonna judge you for? Was that was that Shogun Hill? Oh, it was a shogun pick, but everybody no. kind of sort of agreed. So yeah. yeah. The only people I'm judging this week are the people that are lying my, laying minus three hundred on Ovens. I just, I would yeah. not do yeah, that. I, mean, right. I well, wouldn't be surprised if he won, but I'm my money's not going anywhere near it. Let's see if we can change your guys' mind. Rose Namayunis, 8,900. Carlos Esparza, 7,300. Line on this fight. Rose is minus 225. Carla is plus 185. We do know this is the second time they fought. They fought. I I, I need. I meant to pull it up. I, I mean, yes, I, I know it's a long time ago. I just want to pull up exactly when it was. It was 2014. Ultimate, uh, Ultimate Fighter Finale. When they crowned the first 115-pound champion, uh, Carla, who was then immediately fed to Joanna, um, who just wasn't on the show for whatever reason. Um, look, Rose Namajunas has had legendary fights. The wars, you know, um, the, the two fights against Andraj, the, the, the knockout of, of Wei Li. Um, she's 51% takedown defense, guys. She's 51% percent takedown defense against Carla Esparza, who was getting better, can can all of a sudden, not that she's a great striker, but she can strike. She's not like she used to be. She's not deficient on the feet. She she beat up, um, uh, what was the fight where I, I, I started watching it? It was a while ago. It was the, how long ago was the Claudia Gadelli fight? Was, a, was that a while ago? That was over five fights ago. Yeah, but I remember it was it was it was three or four years before that though she'd been in the UFC. It was six fights into her UFC career, and her striking had looked terrible. And she lost the Gedalia fight. But I remember watching her boxing in the Gedalia fight, going, "She's getting better. She's definitely getting better." And then she lost to Tatiana Suarez, who that's a whole different story because Tatiana injury minus the injuries is the champion right now and yeah. a dominant one. Um, and then since that fight, she's rattled off five straight and. You know, Jan Jonan is good. Marina, and she bloodied Jan up. Marina Rodriguez is, is solid. Alexa Grasso's ha- had some big wins. Vierna is underrated. Like, I think that this is the nightmare matchup for Rose. Rose has excelled in the fights against Jang, who wants to strike, and Joanna, obviously, who wants to strike. Um, Andrade, you know, was able to get her down a few times. The problem is, is that. Andrade is a muscle takedown. Esparza can wrestle. I think the yeah. wrestler is just a nightmare for Rose. Carla Esparza, in my mind, is about to be a two-time UFC champion. I think she pulls this off uh, against Rose. I think she lands a bunch of takedowns. And part of me, actually, for whatever reason, thinks she's going to finish Rose on the ground. Like I, 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 I think this is Carla's time. I could be wrong. You know, every every second this fight is at range is a problem because while Carla is better, she still has some holes holes defensively. We've seen Rose with the big chaos before. It's a freak kind of power she has at 115, you know, in terms of finding these knockouts. Um, I just – this line is too wide for me, and I think it's a little bit of public perception. I, I think the implied probability that the line suggests is too wide, but Vegas has to put it there – because money's going to come in on Rose. People are the yeah. public anyway is betting Rose. I, it's one of those I want to see though the sharp money versus public money um, for this. I'd be really interested in in what that comes back in. 
for me, though, I, I'm all about Esparza in this matchup, especially at, you know, all the way down at 7,300. Probably one of my favorite DK plays on the card as an underdog. Uh, Chris. Yes. Go me. Um, okay. So I don't entirely disagree, especially with the line being a little too wide. But what I will say with regards to the takedowns is, yes, she can be taken down. But look at what happens when she gets taken down. Uh, Wei Li Zhang got her five times. Only 337 of control time through five takedowns. She's really active off her back. She's good at scrambling. Look, uh, uh, Jessica Andrade couldn't even get a minute uh, of control time in either in either you, fight. You, 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 let Megan, you let me get on top of you, and then you let a, a wrestler get on top sure. of you. Sure. And, and tell me what's different. Show, first of all. And yeah, you, all, you wish Carlos Bars would be on top of you. You would never well, get up. But it I, would. you would just be willing well, I don't. I don't know if I would have any say in the matter, but uh, that that that's another that's another story. But I, I, my the point is to say that look, she's scrambling enough, and she's active enough, and she's uh, concentrated on getting back to her feet enough, and that's really been a, a big part of her game um, since at least the first uh, the since at least the first Andrade fight where we saw that uh, that little you know tick up with the uh, Kimura, which worked well until it didn't. But that is to say that, you know, at least she's, she has that as a focus and you can see it. I think that the, the length is going to be a problem as far as this is out at range. Uh, with the, her frame, Rose is really good at, at, you know, staying behind the jab now specifically. And I, I, just, I just think that even if the takedowns come, uh, you know, as far as it's not going to be able to do too much with them. And if that's the case, then I, I see – Rose uh, kind of just writing this out into into a decision. Maybe she has a, a bad round in there where uh, she does get stuck, but I, I, I just don't think that's going to be the story of the fight. I think Rose has improved uh, there too much, and I think she's better in every other phase, and, and wrestling is just not going to be enough. So I'm picking uh, Rose. Not Wheezy. Yeah, so, okay, I am – I think I'm going to go with Carla here, but I think it's going to be a very close fight. But there are some stats that we kind of need to pay attention to here. Like you said, uh, uh, Sean, 14 out of 29 uh, takedowns have happened against against Rose. So the takedown defense is just a little over 50%. That's not good. But the get-up game is good. She's getting controlled about a minute per takedown that she does yield. So, But the problem is... In her very first fight against Carla Esparza, seven takedown attempts, Carla got five of them. And then in the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights, right, up until the rematch with Wei Li Zhang, in those ten fights, you know how many takedown attempts Rose saw against her? Eleven. Okay? She's going to see eleven takedowns by the third round. A third, yeah. Eleven takedown attempts by the third round of this fight. Um, this is not a style that Rose is used to seeing. And a lot of times when you are determining whether a, a fighter is going to win with a grappling heavy game plan, you have to look at two factors. One, the fighter that's going to win with that game plan, they have to have a commitment to the wrestling. There's nothing worse than watching a wrestler sit on the outside and try to win points boxing while they're losing and they won't shoot takedowns. 
one of the most maddening things as an MMA gambler. The second thing is, is you'd like to see that the opponent that you're expecting to lose via grappling isn't seeing a lot of grappling. You know, you don't want to see them with, you know, with a lot of matches against good grapplers where they're stopping takedowns, where they're getting back up when they get taken down. We're not seeing this out of Rose. There's no evidence to suggest that if Carla starts taking her down early, that she's not going to continue to have success throughout the fight because we can't find any fight in Carla's spars, or I mean, in Rose Namajunas' UFC career where she's ever stopped more than six takedowns. And that was in the last fight where she still was taken down five of 11 times. That's 11 takedowns in 20 or 11 takedown attempts in 25 minutes. Look, Carla Esparza has attempted 113 takedowns in her UFC tenure. She's attempting more than nine per fight. This one's going to be a 25-minute fight, and she usually only fights for 15 minutes. I just think that this is going to be a matchup where Rose is going to have a very difficult time being able to be comfortable. And by comfortable, I mean striking at range. Carla Esparza's fights are taking place in control time positions more than 50% of the time over a huge sample size, and she's attempting 113 takedowns. So um, I am I am liking for DraftKings the Esparza side, and I like the plus money on Esparza. I like Esparza by decision at plus 250. I think that those are all great ways to play this fight. Uh, by the way, not asking Esparza to get tired, uh, maybe. I, if, she, yeah. she, if she doesn't get – if she goes 0 for 12 – uh, yes, you yeah. you will get you will get real tired if she's three for twelve and gets some top control time. One, some confidence. Two, you know, resting on top. Three, Rose is more tired. It's possible. It's it's definitely possible. Uh, they're 115 pound women. I would like to think as far as is going to have a gas tank. But if she goes over 10, over 12 early, uh, then I'm not going to be feeling good about my pick um, at all. It'll be. It'll be really concerning. I had another point to make in there, and I and non I answered Don's question. Now it's gone. Something no, about as far as a something, something, something. I got nothing. Not it's gonna... all your fault, or thank you very much. Whatever That's, perspective you that have, is, that is that is totally gonna bother the crap out of me. Fuck. All right. If I think of it, I'll, I'll chime back in. Otherwise, let's go to the main event. The former UFC lightweight champion, Charles Oliveira, is oh, at 8,500. <laughs> Justin Gaethje. I'm going to say it again. The former. Uh, Justin Gaethje. 77, the former World Series of Fighting lightweight champion at 7,700. Uh, line on this fight. Actually, you know what? I haven't looked since, the, since all this happened. What movement are we at here? Yeah, that's, that's a good yes, question. Down to minus 140 for Oliveira. It's been dancing from minus 160. It jumped 20 cents today. Mm. Um, depending on the book you're at, there's one book where Oliveira's down at minus 132 on FanDuel. Oh, and that reminds me. A lot me. of money came in on, uh, on his opponent uh, for uh, sure. Engage you. I'm going to go back. Sorry, guys. I totally, totally thought of it. Oh God! No, no. If you're playing, if you're, if you're playing, no. It's, you want to make money or not? This is actually good. On FanDuel, give Rose a bump because they score takedowns defended, and even in a win or loss, no, 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 that doesn't gonna, happen anymore. No, no, they, Listen, they changed that. They when did that get changed? Yeah. When did that? I haven't played FanDuel in two months ago. I haven't played a couple in of months five, ago. Yeah, five weeks. 
So now, so now the, the only, their only real unique one is uh, submissions, and that's. Yeah, I missed that. I stopped playing on FanDuel probably about a month ago. That's yeah. sad. That's a sad story. I like that stat. It's one of the things that made it good. All right, never mind. Let's go back to to the main event. Uh, as a reminder, we're talking about the former UFC lightweight champion Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. People are betting up Gaethje on that weight miss. Uh, Oliveira's posted stuff. You know, he seems to be fired up and so and so. I don't. I don't know. Justin Gaethje's smiling. He's got an extra 20% in his pocket. Um, yeah. That being said, even before that, this is one of those fights I went back and forth on, and then I landed on Dubronx. Like, yeah, Gaethje's going to – all this talk, he's going to have to go through hell like Khabib did. Did he? Like, did he? It's like Oliver, I guess so. But Oliver – I mean, look, Oliver gets a takedown. He's going to submit Gaethje. And – I believe Habib when Habib says, you know, I, I didn't I didn't want to break his arm in front of his family, so I put him to yeah. sleep. Oliver's gonna break your shit off. He does not care. He's gonna he take your arm. Broke Ferguson's arm for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. Dumb to tap. I mean, like uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean so, we're so lucky that the, the, that round ended because that would have gotten nasty really. Oh, yeah, yeah. No way so, Tony was gonna tap. He would he yeah. would have fought with one yeah. arm if you let him. So what what I think is going to happen here, is, and Gaethje's live, obviously, because they're going to come out swinging, and you know Gaethje has power, but Oliveira's kickboxing is good. I think he's going to hurt Gaethje in the typical Gaethje stumble, and then he hearts through it because he gets in these wars. I think that Oliveira's going to see that and go, okay, time to shoot. Get, get a takedown while Gaethje's rocked and get a submission. That's how I see the fight playing out if... Oliveira gets, and you can do it very easily. You get caught up in your emotion. You want to finish the guy, knock it. Any of that stuff, if he gets into that firefight with Justin Gaethje, then we all know what's going to happen. Then Charles Oliveira is going to go total Paul Felder on us and quit. Paul Felder against Oliveira. He's going to just, I don't, his, either he'll quit and then, oh, I don't want to be in this war, or his body's going to quit. He's going to wake up to, to her Dean waving over him. Um, Oliveira is smart. He wins this fight. I think Gaethje's a little bit overrated because of how fun he is. And I love the guy because he's super fun. And not that he's not, you know, you know, his wins to get to the top though, uh Tony Ferguson, who you know what Tony Ferguson is now. The crazy well, Chandler fight was, was a great fate. But oh, when he no. did it, he wasn't that guy. So right, but we can look back on that. You got Cerrone who doesn't like to be in firefights. The Barboza win to me is probably I would argue that Barboza's his best win on his record. Yeah, I, I I would I would really I could really make that argument. Um, not that he's not fun and great, but he hasn't gone through the same murderer's row that Oliveras went through in 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 you know Poirier and you can you can dig back in. Like I, I just I'm more impressed with Charles Oliveira and the way he wins his fights in terms of handicapping. In terms of fun, God, I love a Justin Gaethje fight week. I wish we could do this 15 times a year. And you can't say, oh, but then he'll get brain damage. He's got brain damage now. Just give him some more money and we'll see what happens. Like the dude's he's crazy too. He's absolutely out of his mind. So I've talked too long about this fight. I do think Dubronx wins. It's going to be a good one. I don't see how this one doesn't score great on DraftKings. I will say I think the two guys are gonna go combine for damn near ninety-six percent ownership. Um and I think some people are gonna play stacks. And we saw it optimal last week. There is some merit. Leave yourself some lineups with neither one of these guys. 
that's how you take down everything solo. Some crazy shit happens. Yeah. I think they're going to come in around 95% combined ownership, and there'll be some stacks out there. Wheezy, main event time. Who you got? Such a great fight. I can't wait to watch it, but I think you broke it down perfectly. You know, uh, the thing about Gaethje is we haven't seen a lot of people try to take him down. You know, I mean, uh, he got uh, – he, he's had takedown shot against him in only five of his nine fights. Uh, and in, in those fights, he's been taken down in four of those five. The only guy who was unable to take him down was Dustin Poirier, who was 0 of 5 on the takedowns. So – you got to believe if Charles gets him down. This is a different kind of fight. Justin Gaethje's fights thus far in the UFC have taken place at striking range 95% of the time. You want to know what percentage of Charles Oliveira's fights, 29 of them in the UFC have taken place at striking range? It's like 42%. (laughs) This guy's in control time positions for or against about 58% of the time. That's terrifying. And the thing about... The thing that people get wrong sometimes about somebody as high level on the ground as Oliveira is, they're saying, well, Gaethje's got a D1 background. Oliveira might not be able to take him down. Oliveira doesn't have to take him down. He can he can get a scramble. He yeah. can take your back standing. He could pull guard. Pulling guard is the easiest thing to do. And Charles Oliveira would not be stupid to do that against Justin Gaethje. It's a bad thing to do in MMA fights, except unless you're Charles Oliveira. I mean, like, he's the only guy to submit Darren Elkins, and he did it so fast. The, Elkins has never been submitted by anybody since. You know, um, this guy is next level on the ground. I think if he fights smart, we're going to see that gigantic in a hole in, in Gaethje's game, which we all know exists, and we're all really, we're willing to admit it. We saw him on the ground against Habib. He looked lost. Yeah. And... Charles is just as good on the ground. He's better at certain things than Habib, and he's not as good as other things as Habib. But let's face it, you know, you don't want to be on the ground with either one of those guys. Wish we got to see that fight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's the one that we, I mean, maybe, I mean, he's not the champion anymore, but I was always hopeful that if he won enough, Khabib would be like, okay, I got to come back and play. Yeah. I yeah. Know. I know, man. I know. And yeah. like him, him beating Gaethje isn't, isn't going to be enough for Habib to come back and make, try to go 30 and oh. So I, you know, I do believe that Oliveira still wins this fight. Um, I, I think that Gaethje's just got too big of a hole in his ground game to survive this guy. Well, since, you know, since, since Oliveira can't make, can't make 55 anymore. Let's you know let's bump him in there against you against Kamar Usman. <laughs> yes. Good call. Or, or or you know we can do you know what we have we give Oliveira you know Canic fifty five. You got these old guys. Why don't we have? I need a, I need a fourth person. You know, let's have let's have a Walt since Walter Wade is so thin. You know Usman's better than everybody. He's beating Colby, the only contender. Let's let's dig up some fossils here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Usman. Oliveira, Habib, GSP in a four-man tournament. Take all my take take all my money. Take take all of it, Dana. Take here here's I pay two hundred dollars for that card. Yeah. So, yeah. Sign me up, Dana. All right. That'd be awesome. Sign track. Chris, main event. Who do you have? Okay, so I agree with basically everybody's point so far. And to Weezy's point, Oliveira does have uh two standing uh, back take rear naked chokes. One he just got against Dustin. The other one he got against uh, Will Brooks a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, so that's a very real possibility. 
Um, there's something about this fight, and I am picking Charles Oliveira to get that out of the way, but we cannot overlook the fact that Oliveira gets hurt. He got knocked down against uh, Dustin Poirier. He got knocked down against Charles Oliveira. Uh, David Tamer hurt him when the two of them fought. He, he just gets hurt a lot, and Gaethje's a guy who hurts people. I, I think that um, the takedowns are going to be probably hard to get initially if he can't go another route. But once he once he gets it, I, I, I'll go as far as to say is um, if he gets one uh, or one entanglement, Gaethje's not going to get back up. Like it's that level of yeah. of dominance on the ground. And, and for Habib, it was just, okay, you're kicking my leg a little bit too much. It's time to submit me now. Like I felt like that's how that fight went. Where he was just like, okay, enough of this, because he right before he t- re- shot, he took a really bad leg kick, and you get the feeling that if he took a few more, it wouldn't have gone so well for him. But yeah. he had that in his back pocket, and I think Oliveira is going to do much the same thing. I, I can't get it out of my head that Gaethje could knock him out here. That's a very real possibility. I think even more real than it usually is in a Justin Gaethje fight, which is already pretty high. But um, yeah, there's too much. There's, there's just too much of a disparity, and I really love the adjustment that Oliver made in, in the in the Poirier fight, which is to get in close and land those knees to the body, and uh, really, uh, you know, stay stay in uh, stay really chest to chest as, as as often as possible. I think that's going to be key for him here as well, and I, I hope he does it. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Oliver, and uh, like the rest of us, I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. All right, hot takes. Time, guys, in chat. We got a couple of you in here. Hot take something you unexpected you think will happen. While everybody thinks about it, I'm going to do two things. First, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Rotowire MMA, wherever you can. We appreciate it. And then we got a couple of questions that came in from the last couple of fights. Uh, non, did someone actually sabotage the scale? I think there's a real possibility. We talked about this a little in the beginning. I think it's a real possibility. Why aren't we on digital scales? Not sabotage, but I think somebody, they just, it's human error. I don't think it was, you know, people are dumb. Uh, did the scale poke Chucky in the eye? Um, no, the scale did not poke Chucky in the eye because the scale is the UFC lightweight champion. So that would have been a DQ. That's a clean, it's a clean, clean KO here. Um, sniper is getting an Asian Bantamweight tournament at 4 a.m. instead. What? Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, talk, they're talking about the uh, you wanted the, the St. Pierre, the good tournament. And they're like, no, you're not uh, getting yeah, that. Yeah, what yeah. you're going to get is a one championship tournament at 4 a.m. that you're right, no yeah. interested in watching. You know what? If I haven't saw me that night, whatever. <laughs> Better than watching reruns. Uh, any fear of Carla never seeing the championship rounds? Yeah, if she goes over twelve on those take, if she yeah. goes over twelve on those takedowns and gets sloppy, yeah, Rose can finish her. Absolutely, sure. that's missing information that we don't have about right. her. Yep. So we, yep. you, you should be concerned about it if you're on the Carla side. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, all right, hot take. You know, we'll do we'll do nons Gato. Round one, TK or sub. You're, TKO or sub. You're, well, you're I mean, te- part of that would get you a lot more money there. No? You're a terrible person picking against Tracy Cortez. Yeah, you go to her Instagram and you think about what you did, sir. <laughs> All right. Hot takes. Who's got one locked and loaded? Well, I I mean, I, I went over it, but I, either the Lozon knockout or the uh, or the Chanel sub, both of those are, are plus 500 or above. So, And I think... <laughs> 
I think Schnell saw that. I think those lines are way off for that for that much. I think that both of those are very real possibilities. I favor I favor the Lozon knockout over the the Schnell sub because I actually think the Lozon knockout happens. I think the Schnell sub is more of a possibility, but one that I think is uh, is very live. So I'll I'll take two this week. Uh, there you go. Man, even off. I mean, I mean, Elliot just took mine. Straight up, just took it. I let him have it. Put it up, even off on the optimal. I that was literally where I was going. I, you know what? So, I could, I could see it. That's totally a fight in general. That's now you got to scramble. Weezy, you got one ready while I scramble for another. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say Ovin Saint Pru loses by knockout to Mauricio Shogun. Dear God, you know, I, mean, really, I mean, like that's my hot take. Is that take there's it. just nothing special about this guy? And I, I'm gonna just because everybody expects Shogun to be completely done. The only thing that I can say is that this guy's going to look better than ever. He's going to turn back the clock and get himself back into the championship uh, uh, rankings here with just a spectacular win over Ovince. Yeah, that is that is uh, messed up, sir. <laughs> that works. Oh, I'll try and find a quick one here. Damn, I'm really mad about that. That Elliot, rug pulled. Uh, really? No, he just he just he just threw me off. I didn't think anybody else was gonna say that. Uh, no, that's not a hot take. That's not a hot take. You guys got me worried about Randy Brown now. You pieces of <laughs> garbage. Um, can I call? Can I do sixty second bonus call for Andre Fialho? I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, good. Let me. That'll be our sixty second bonus for the night. Guys, it was fun. Wheezy, thanks again for jumping in for Joe. Absolutely. Great Anytime. show. Anytime. Um, anybody to talk numbers with, give me a call. You got you, you got you got me on Twitter, although I'm sure I'll be vastly overmatched. Chris, I mean, it's nice to see you, I guess, buddy. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Take or leave it. No. Um, we got a, a, a little bit of teaser. I, I'm going to be the next month normal. I'm going to be in Vegas for International Fight Week. I still want to do the show, though. We got to try and – I don't know if Jake has connections to, to, to help out in some way. We can you know, set up at a casino. Not that they would ever do that, but I, I, I would like to still do the show. Yeah. I don't know how I we can pull it. that off. And I'm still trying to get Joe to come. And, I, you know, Joe, I mean, Joe, he said he was going to, he hasn't planned it yet. But then right. if you could make your way out there for International Fight Week, maybe we can do a whole show from out there. We can work, I mean, maybe it won't be live, but. I think you need to come out for International Fight Week. Anybody else um, in chat, I am going to be out there. Tickets locked. I'm in. You can follow me on Twitter at sniper underscore MMA. Slide my DMs. DMs. I'm probably going to try and get an MMA Twitter get-together with Joe kind of scheduled. I'll be there for the Fan Expo and all that stuff. So um, shoot me a message if you're interested. I have a a couple people I'm already planning on meeting up with. So should be a good time. Sorry for the extra long outro. Guys, enjoy your fights. Good luck in your contests. Anybody wins the big money, make sure to give us a shout out and you know spend it wisely. 200K on the line on DraftKings. Good luck, guys. See you next time. All right. Thanks, everybody.